I'd like to talk a little this morning about thoughts and thinking. And I'll start by reading a comment from this little blue book. The very end of this book, or not quite the end, there's a section called What is the Right Attitude for Meditation? And it lists 23 points that are kind of the pithy summary of uh, the important aspects that Sayadaw feels, uh, Sayadaw Tejaniya feels for this practice. And this is one of those, the 20th one. Don't feel disturbed by the thinking mind. You're not practicing to prevent thinking, but rather to recognize and acknowledge thinking whenever it arises. So that's a somewhat uh, challenging instruction for us at times because we have, in many ways, been trained in our meditation to let go of thought and come back to the breath or let go of thought, come back to the body. And here the, uh, the instruction is, recognize thinking is happening. Thoughts are natural process, part of the mind, when we're observing thinking, when we're observing thinking, we're recognizing a natural part, a process that's happening in the mind. So we're, we're recognizing a natural functioning of the mind when we recognize thinking. We often will get caught in the content of thought. We believe the content of our thoughts. We think it's important that the contents of our thoughts create a a, a reality for us. It's like a little thought bubble and we get born into that world of the thought and we, we believe it's reality. And this is the delusive nature of thought. This is how thought deludes us. It deludes us into thinking it's got some substance to it. And so the practice or the encouragement and the reflection here is to begin to recognize that thoughts are just a process in the mind. So one of the, um, or another way to put it is thoughts are just an object, just another, another, uh, thing happening, arising in the mind. Uh, Thoughts tend to have a very, uh, as I just said, a a very potent way of deluding us into believing there's something more than just an object. Um, But they are just an object, just a process, just uh, a functioning of the mind. And so one of the explorations uh, might be to, to... let me phrase it, try to phrase it in the way of a non-doing practice. What, what can we recognize? What can we recognize about thoughts? What's possible to see about thoughts? Um, it's possible to recognize how thoughts are happening, the process by which thoughts are happening. As opposed to being caught by the content, we can recognize the process of thinking. One of the ways to uh, recognize this process or one of the things to recognize about this process is the cause and effect in nature around thought. 
So, especially with respect to strong emotion, this is really apparent uh, that if uh, if there is an emotion happening, that emotion will tend to produce thoughts that are related to that emotion. So if we are have anger arising, angry thoughts tend to result. Cause and effect. That's a cause and effect relationship. And so we can recognize this causal relationship between emotion and thought. This relationship goes the other way as well. We may have a thought arise, a memory, spontaneous memory arising in our minds during our meditation. This happens a lot, that some random thought will blip through or some random image will come through. And that thought may be a memory from childhood. That thought can then set into motion Emotion. So thoughts can produce emotions. Emotions can produce thoughts. The cause and effect relationship goes both ways. So when emotions are strong, understanding this cycle between emotions and thoughts is really helpful. Because what often happens when emotions are strong is that the emotion produces a thought about the emotion. Emotion produces some kinds of thoughts. Anger arises and the uh, thoughts arise, well, that person shouldn't have done that. How can I uh, let them know that? What, what, what can I do about this? And so the thoughts arise around the anger and self-righteous thoughts might arise and then subsequently, because thoughts can also produce emotions, it feeds back into the emotion leading to more thoughts, leading to a deepening of the emotion, leading to more thoughts. So understanding this cycle is really helpful when emotion is getting strong. And one way to explore this, particularly around the thought aspect, um, is to recognize, kind of one question you can ask yourself is, how, how are these thoughts impacting me? What's the impact these thoughts are having? So this is getting at the cause and effect relationship between thoughts and the rest of the um, mind-body system. It's not just emotions. It also impacts the body. Often the emotions are what impacts the body. But there's the, you know, the, the whole system gets involved. Thoughts arise and there's a ripple effect throughout the entire mind-body system. So what's the impact these thoughts are having on my mind and body? Another um, really helpful thing to look at in terms of cause and effect around thought is to recognize or get familiar with how does mindfulness, how does awareness of this process impact the whole cycle? What, What kind of uh, bringing in awareness, bringing in mindfulness, or, or turning attention towards this cycle. How does that impact the cycle? So to be aware of that as well.
And that's one aspect of the process, particularly around emotions. There's also cause and effect relationship uh, with thought that's not necessarily connected with emotion. You know, we see something and we start thinking about it. When we see something, it reminds us of something, a memory arises. So sight can lead to a memory. So any sense, smell, could lead to a thought. So again, recognizing how this association happens. This, I think, is one of the key ways that our minds wander out of the present moment into thinking, particularly in meditation. Um, We're sitting there noticing our experience, and some sense experience arises, and the a mind, perhaps the, the attention naturally moves to that, but we may be having an agenda of some kind to be paying attention to, for instance, our body sensations, some, some subtle agenda in our mind that is orienting our attention in one way. And so the arising of perhaps a sound isn't clearly recognized with mindfulness. We're not qu- clearly aware that the attention has kind of moved to that sound in some some part of the attention, let's say, has moved to the sound. And then the processes of the mind, the associative processes of, of the mind, lead us to start thinking about that sound. So observing in your own experience, you know, this is actually one of the key ways that we head out of the present moment. The sound of a motorcycle. Pooh, you're on a motorcycle going down Glen Canyon Road. And then you're lost for however long <laughs> wandering down towards Santa Cruz <laughs> in your mind. So not just sense experience can trigger or ca- be a cause. There can be a causal link between our sense experience and our thoughts. Our thoughts can be a trigger for thoughts. And I'm sure you know this. You know that the associative nature of thought, how one thought leads to another thought, leads to another thought, leads to another thought. So this is all um, part of the process of how our minds think. It's just the very natural way the mind works. This associative nature is very natural. We're not trying to stop this process. We're trying to understand it. We'd like to explore this process, get to know it, recognize it for what it is. There's another aspect of the process of thinking that I found really helpful to uh, to understand, to recognize, to, to know uh, about thought as a as a process, and that is what I would guess I'll, I'll call the modality of how thoughts happen for us. There's not just one way that we think. There's many many ways that thoughts arise for us. One of the most common ways is that thoughts arise as if we're talking to ourselves. Other ways, as if somebody else is talking to us, can almost almost sound sometimes like there's some radio playing. And the more our uh, mind settles, actually, we, the more it feels not so much like we're doing the thinking, but that the thinking is doing itself. And that could be experienced as if 
somebody is talking to you or uh, some um, announcer, radio announcer is saying something, proclaiming something. Sometimes the, the content of these uh, blips of thought have nothing to do with anything you know about or are interested in. Just some random, you know, it is just like the radio is on to some station that, you know, you didn't tune into. It's just stuff coming at you. So in this case, it's helpful to, you know, um, recognize the modality Often in this kind of case, the content isn't going to have much of an impact. You know, it could just be the mind saying, you know, these batteries are low. (laughs) Just some random thought. And sometimes we get like, wow, what does that mean? (laughs) We don't have to go there. (laughs) So sometimes it can be helpful to just notice, ah, Auditory thought is happening. So auditory, kind of coming in through almost what seems like the ear door, even though it's in our minds. We know it's not actually hearing. But it's coming in through that sense realm in a way. Thoughts can also come in through the visual realm, images in our minds. So uh, again, these these could be, sometimes our um, emotions can produce whole uh, stories and images and things. In that kind of situation where there's an emotional component, it's probably helpful to, um, well, you might might notice the modality of thought in that case, but I think often with the, um, when there's an emotional component, it's helpful to more tune into uh, the emotion-thought cycle. When there's not so much emotional content, is when I find it more helpful to tune into the modality of how thoughts are happening, whether they're coming through what seems like sound, you know, speaking to ourselves or um, someone talking to us, or sight. The more the mind settles, um, it seems to me that the more the mind settles, the more um, different ways thinking begins to happen. I know for myself, when my mind, the mind gets pretty settled, images start to be the, one of the main ways that uh, thinking happens. And I can begin to see that, you know, sometimes the thoughts uh, just appear as a still image, just as like it's a snapshot. Sometimes they appear as moving images, like it's a movie that I'm watching. Sometimes it's like an entire movie with music and, you know, speaking and three-dimensional. If it gets to that point, what I've seen in my own um, mind, when it gets to that point when it's a full three-dimensional movie with sound and uh, dialogue, I've usually been lost for, it's actually not that long, you know, it, 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 but it's a good, you know, 10, 15 seconds. <laughs> You know that that I've been lost for. for. Um, if I catch it at the point of a still image, that's pretty quick. And that's that's a pretty quick uh, noticing. So if you're catching just the the seeing of a still image arising, you're probably seeing the thoughts arise pretty much close to their arising. 
So just get, you know, kind of taking an interest in how does the mind think? What are the ways that your minds think? Your minds think? Another modality that we sometimes think in is through a kinesthetic, through our bodies. Just as an example of this, uh, maybe to give you a taste of this, because for some people this is a, a, a very common way of thinking. For others it's very unfamiliar. Um, but I could get my um, mind around this by, in this moment, like close your eyes and, go, and, and connect to your experience of your body. And now think about standing up. Some of you may have felt kind of a kinesthetic experience through your body, almost as if the body stood up or the, the energy of the body stood up in preparation for the actual standing. That's kind of along the lines of this kinesthetic kind of thinking. I find an interest in the modality of thought particularly helpful when the mind has moved to the, the, the dreamlike state. That dreamlike state, uh, you know, the mind goes off into to fantasy or just what seems like daydreams. If it seems like daydreams but you're not dropping into sleep, often it means that the mind has gone into kind of a hypnagogic state. It, it can mean that the mind has settled into some degree of concentration, but there's just not quite enough energy to keep the the mindfulness really present, really here. So uh, one way to bring the presence back is to be interested in the hypnagogic thoughts themselves. Not to try to disperse them, actively disperse them, but to bring attention to them. This is a key um, instruction around this practice. We don't try to change what's happening. We, we explore how we can meet what's happening. And so the mind moves into daydream. Can you be aware of the daydream? Can you know, know the experience of daydreaming? And for myself, I've seen that acknowledging the, the modality of thought or recognizing the modality of thought there is one of the most helpful tools. You know, just kind of tuning towards the modality as opposed to the content. Again, when we attune to the content of the hypnagogic images, it can it can really wind us into a, what does this mean? You know, <laughs> this seems so meaningful. <laughs> so sometimes we are enmeshed in the content. You know, in 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 thoughts as thoughts come in. The content catches us. If the content is sticky enough that it's you know, hard to just recognize this is simply a thought arising in the mind, you know, it's hard to recognize just this is a process happening in the mind, then it can be helpful to, um, again, rather than trying to stop the thought, See if you can, or, you know, again, see if you can. That's that language of doing again. Um, um, 
rather than trying rather than trying to stop the thought that what's happening is the mind is engaged with the content and so um one exploration or avenue of you know not trying to stop the content but also not buying into the content quite as much is to uh, acknowledge or notice is the content skillful or unskillful is the content um if the content is unskillful, then it can be helpful if you're caught in that content to, to actively try to step away from the content. Rather than trying to continue to be mindful of the thought, if it's, if it's content uh, that's unskillful, you may want to uh, turn your attention elsewhere. See if you can con- let go consciously of... Um, engaging in in those thoughts. If it's possible, if you're noticing unskillful thoughts arising, just treat it as an object. You know, it doesn't, if, if, if it's um, not sticky enough, I mean, if it's not really, really sticky, it's just like the arising of some, you know, blip of a judgment. People often have judgments you know, judgments become really obvious to people on retreat. You find yourself judging everybody and everything, and you know where should the salt shakers be placed, and um, you know how they should design the meditation hall different. I mean, just judgment, judgment, judgment. Um, so judgments can arise like that, and if it's just a you know kind of a little blip like that, it's like you don't have to like think, oh no, it's an unskillful thought. I better do something. Can you just recognize this is just an object? Now that that gives enough that can give enough of a distance if you can just recognize oh, jub- judging you know just ju- it's just judging it's just an object it's just a thought, so just acknowledging it as an object just a process happening in the mind it has its causes and conditions I've practiced judging for much of my life of course judging is arising. So acknowledging that aspect of it, the object nature. Sometimes thoughts are skillful, and I touched on this a little bit last night um, in the in the talk last night. So if it's what seems to be skillful thoughts arising, thoughts about you know some some kind of um, spontaneous. Um, understanding about relationship in your life or you know kind of a psychological um, understanding something like that one of the explorations around skillful content and skillful content can be really sticky in its own way because it seems so important Um, and it seems like it's the most important thing to really uh, settle into that. Sometimes all that needs to happen is for that skillful, you know, that insight, that psychological insight to appear in our consciousness, and that's all that really needs to happen. We don't actually need to keep thinking about it. So recognizing, okay, this has arisen, and are we jumping on that and continuing the thoughts, continuing the process. Is that necessary? This is one of the suggestions the Buddha had for us. When we're thinking, 
if the thinking is not unskillful, but it's a skillful kind of thing, is it necessary? Do we need to be thinking about it? The Buddha uh, explored this in his own practice. He, he, he said, you know, I see that thoughts are different kinds of thoughts. There's thoughts that are unskillful, basically based in um, um, cruelty, ill will, desire. And uh, those thoughts, he said, I saw that's really helpful. Let those go. Helpful to, to find ways to, to not engage with those. He said, and then there's skillful thoughts. There's thoughts uh, related to non-ill will, non-cruelty, and renunciation. He said, I saw with those thoughts, I could think those thoughts all day and all night and no harm would come. Nothing harmful would happen. And this is one of the keys he, he uses to distinguish skillful from unskillful. This is perhaps a way for us to reflect. If something, if a, a, a thought arises, one of the ways to look at is it unskillful is to look at is there some affliction that may result from that kind of thinking. This was his own exploration. These thoughts are afflictive. Thoughts based in ill will, cruelty, desire are afflictive. Afflictive potentially for others, afflictive for ourselves. Thoughts of non-ill will, non-cruelty, renunciation, not afflictive, not going to cause harm to oneself or others in the kind of conventional way. He said, but I saw that when I thought those thoughts for a long time, the mind got agitated and it didn't settle into concentration. So I recognized, basically, there's a time for those. When I'm in meditation, perhaps not the time for those thoughts. So is it necessary right now? Can it be set aside? Can these thoughts be set aside? 